Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Living Simply with Jessica Harris. I'm your host, Jess, and today we're going to be talking about I have to put me first. Yes, some of y'all have seen it on Instagram with the audio where they're like, I got to put me first. I got to put me first. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today, especially because Valentine's Day just passed. And I really wanted to dive in on that whole concept of I got to put me first. I got to put me first because it's true. It's extremely true. And for those of you who don't already know, I am the mom to three mini versions of myself who I always say don't look like me, but act like me. Sometimes I'm the CEO and founder of Living Simply Just, which is featured globally on platforms, truly set to encourage you to move you past your pain so you can then start leading your best life. So buckle up. I believe this is going to be a great episode and I am excited for you guys to join me on this ride. So let's go ahead and dive right on in. So I came to the term with the fact that I had to really learn to love me first. Now, as I said it and as I wrote it down, it was like, well, why do I have to love me first? And the reason I have to love me first is because when I love me first, any love that another person offers me is simply an addition to myself. It shouldn't be a love that I'm receiving from them to make me whole. Um, oftentimes I've been to weddings and you'll hear them in their vows. She's my better half. He's my better half. And at first, I thought it was cute, right? Because, oh, they're like two half hearts coming together to become whole. And then years later, I started to realize, wait a minute. Why would I want to be half a person coming into a relationship with somebody else, expecting them to make me whole? And I really had to come to the terms that I should be already whole when I come to that other person. Now, yes, I'm speaking on the marriage part because I've heard that when it comes to people's vows, but that is something that I really have been really just thinking about and pondering on over the last year in specific, especially while I've been on my hardcore self-love journey. And as I continue to just dive deeper into loving on me, I really had to come to terms with the fact that anybody else who chooses to love me has to be an addition to the love that I already have for myself. Yes, God loves me 100%, but I have to learn to love me too. And along that way of learning how to love me too, I had to realize that a person's love is just an addition because what happens when they stop loving you, right? What happens when breakups take place? What happens when a person who was once your friend no longer wants to be your friend, right? Because life happens, realistically speaking. Does that person take away a part of you in the process? And does that now bring you from being a whole person in love to now being a broken person? Or was their love simply just an addition to who you are So yes, you may be sad about the breakup or sad about the friendship ending, but at the end of the day, it hasn't reduced your own capacity of loving yourself 
or choosing how you love other people moving forward. And I really wanted us to sit with that, right? Because you think about how the way the world works and how we romanticize love in so many different ways, shapes, and forms, some that are great and some that are not so great, but yet it still happens, right? Because that's just how life is. And I really wanted to bring that topic of, I have to put me first. Because if I'm expecting you to love me for those broken areas that are not completely whole yet or they're not completely healed yet, then I'm expecting you to fill a void. But if you leave my life, then I still have that void. It never was actually filled and sealed. Maybe it was a Band-Aid put on top of it for a moment, but there's still something there that's broken. There's still something there that's cracked in the foundation. There's still something there that needs to be addressed. And that's why I really wanted to bring that topic up because I feel like we should be addressing the fact that we don't want to have to continue to move forward in life thinking that the other person is going to fill those voids. A person, in my opinion, shouldn't have that sole responsibility. I feel like that's a responsibility that we need to take up on ourselves to start filling that void. And for me in specific, that meant asking God to fill that void because God created me. Therefore, he knows how to restore me to being the creation that he intended me to be to begin with. Again, that's a just perspective on it, but I think that's a valid point, at least in my opinion, of course, right? So that being said, I had to think of that part there because I have children Um, Some of my listeners have children, some of them may not, or some of them may be expecting, or maybe they want children down the line. Regardless of that fact, we have to think about the children or little people that we interact with on a daily basis, because they can be your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, whatever the case is. They could be your students, right? Or people that you're coaching or whatever it is that you have a relation regarding the children that's in your life. But it made me think of the fact that if I don't love me properly, and I don't love myself the way that I'm supposed to be, how can I ever truly expect myself to love my children in the way that they need to be loved? And then also, is it going to cause confusion to them when they see me doing one thing, but then saying another, right? So I have to make sure that what I, that I practice what I preach, realistically speaking, right? I have to be able to back up the things that I say by the example. Because my daughter, man, y'all, she'd be quick to be like, but mom, you did da 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 da. And I'm like, girl, bye. But it's true because they see you. So although we may say all these things to our kids, our kids, they hear us. But I promise you, they see everything. And because they see everything, they're trying to piece two and two together. But when two plus two equals 10, they looking back at you like, um, yeah, something's off, right? Something's wrong, right? Because it's not making sense. And that's the part that I really had to learn, especially in this last year for me in particular, that it wasn't just about learning to love me, but it was learning to love people where they were as well on their own journeys. Because we can say, oh, I love this person. I love that person. Okay, that's great. But do you understand that there's levels to love? Do you understand that there's levels to receiving love and there's levels to giving love? And that's the part where when you have yourself filled up with the right type of love and you're loving on yourself completely and you've been able to fill yourself to the capacity of where you're able to love, 
then that's a way where you have to be able to understand that where you are being this whole healed person who's able to offer love, that not everyone is at that same level. And I had to learn that because you'll be sitting there wanting to pour love onto individuals because you'll hear people say things and like, oh, they just need a little love. Let me give them some encouragement. And then you'll encourage, 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 encourage. And it's people who I've heard, you know, they encourage to the point where they feel frustrated. Like I keep encouraging you, but you're not doing anything. And I had to see from the side that, did you ever think that maybe they haven't made a step in the right direction, or maybe they haven't made a step in the directions of which you want them to is because they don't have the capacity to receive the love that you're trying to pour into them. Think about a plant, right? If I pour water on this plant, right? Because plants need water, or well, at least most of them, right? Most of them need some type of water retention, whether it's daily, every other day, every week, depending on the type of plant, right? So they need water, they need sunlight, they need good soil and X, Y, and Z. But if I pour a plant a cup of water that starts to overflow the pot, that has been given too much water. It can't retain the excess of water. What do I have to do? I probably have to start pouring some of that water out depending on um, where the plant is located, right? If it's in like a little pot that's in my house, I got to pour some of that excess water out. Why? Because I overwatered that plant. The overwatering isn't going to make it grow any faster. It's not going to do anything extra for it. If anything, it may truly start to hinder it a little bit because now it has to figure out what to do with this excess that it can, that it doesn't have the capacity to be able to deal with. And I think that's the part with people as well. Sometimes we want to offer so much love to individuals, but the problem is that if they don't have the capacity to retain the love that we're giving them, then it's like, it almost looks as though it's falling on deaf ears, right? And then we get upset, we get mad because in our minds, oh, they don't want to receive my love and all this other stuff. And it's like, one, stop making it about you because when you're trying to offer something to somebody, if they don't have the capacity to um, receive it, that means that there's something that's going on with them. That means that they have not taken the time to do what? Put them first. Because when you've taken the time to put you first, you are expanding your capacity. And I believe that as we grow in life, we're constantly expanding our capacity. And for me, that means that my capacity to love right now on this day is going to be different a year from now, that I would love for it to expand and to continue expanding the more that I grow. But I do believe that there's a capacity that I have at this moment that can be filled up. And as it continue to grow within myself and within Christ, that it's going to continue to enlarge in its territory. And I think that's the part that we have to understand with people. If I sit there and try to pour, 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 it's not going to go anywhere. And it's nothing against the other person, but they just have to do the work. Sometimes people aren't always ready to do the work. Sometimes people are not in a position or in a place where they want to do the work. And we have to respect that because no matter how much I can say, girl, but you got to do this, man, you got to do that. If they aren't ready, it's not going to go anywhere. Because a person who truly isn't ready, they're not invested. That means that I can give you all the knowledge in the world, but it's going to do nothing but hit the bricks. Now, I say that lightly. 
And I say the words lightly to go with that because I do believe that although they can't retain everything that you're trying to offer them, I do believe that a person has the ability to retain seeds. And I do think that those seeds stay in a compartment somewhere within their mind until it has the right environment to be cultivated. So I don't think that they forget the things. I think they're just not able to do the practical application. And may they forget? Possibly. Everybody's different. But I do believe that they do retain something. I think the part that we're just not going to see is the actual fruits of that take place and not necessarily right away. And when we think of farmers, right, and I know I'm using a lot of analogies, but because I'm trying to get you to see it the way that I see it. But if you think of a farmer, when they're planting a seed, they understand that that seed has to grow and that it takes time, that it takes nourishment, that it takes cultivating that seed in a proper way, that it takes doing it in the right season. There's a season for that seed to grow, just like a person. There's a season that that person will start to grow. And maybe their season right now is them identifying their hurts. Maybe their season right now is simply just going through what they're going through because they just need to just get through everybody's seasons are going to look different for each and every one of us. And that's something that we also have to learn to respect. I think the part when it comes to putting me first is me understanding where I am, but me being able to acknowledge where another person is as well. And where I can acknowledge where you are and your own journey. And that doesn't mean that I may have, you know, it 100% right about what you're going through and how you're feeling, but it means that I know that right now I've made it to level five on my journey, but you are just going through that breakup or maybe you just lost your job or maybe you just experienced X, Y, or Z and you're at level one because it just happened. It's fresh. Where for me, what I went through is now a year old, two years old, five years old. So I've been able to bypass the freshness already. I've been able to go through that back and forth phase already, the anger, the bitterness, whatever the case type of phase. I've already gone through that part. But because I've gone through it, I can identify that, okay, they're just beginning their journey. Let me respect their space. Let me offer, you know, hey, I'm here. I'm here to support you, whatever, whatever. But I'm not going to sit there and bombard you with everything because right now you don't have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, maybe even the spiritual capacity to take it all in right now. But if I just start showing you some love, so this way you can understand that, hey, there's people who still care about you, even though you're hurting, that's okay because I still care about you. That's allowing you to be mindful of their role and what they're going through and how they may start to perceive you. But it also puts you first because it's helping you to set the proper boundaries around people who are in your life so you don't start getting in your own feelings about how a person will start to react towards you. And for me, that all has to do with learning to put you first, learning to love yourself first. Because when you love on you first, you can understand why certain people will do certain things. You can understand why people will act in a certain way because there's a different lens that you're now able to put on that helps you to see the you of a year ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. And then that same lens, you can switch to who you are today. And then you'll be able to be like, oh, that's how I used to be. 
okay, I understand. That's how I used to act. Wow. I can't believe I was like that. Whoa. Why? Because you've done the work. And that's just part of the process. It's part of the journey. And again, I want to reiterate, that's going to be different for all of us, y'all, for all of us. And when I say all of us, I'm also including our children too, because we're the ones who show them the capacity of love, especially when they're new, when they're fresh because they're just empty vessels that are just waiting to be poured into, right? Like our children, they have so much life inside of them, but they look to us to pour the love, to pour the nourishments, to pour the encouragement, to pour the motivation into them. And then what happens with children, which I love, love, love to see, is that They'll be on the playground with their friends or they'll be in the classroom with their classmates and they'll be pouring that same love out onto their peers. And the way that they do it, um, the word is, it's like, it's that childlike love, right? Because they haven't been jaded in most cases. And I'm not even going to say most cases. In some cases, the children haven't been jaded by life yet. They haven't gone through um, as many ups and downs as adults. And I know that isn't the story for every child. I know that there are some children who are jaded from the start, from as soon as they come out into this world. I understand that and I get that. And that's truly a sour fact for many children because that's not how it should be. And that's why I'm stressing the importance of us taking the opportunity to put us first. Because when we put us first, we don't welcome our children into a jaded environment. We then have the ability to explain to them that there's levels to loving themselves, that there's levels to loving others, and that there's levels to love in general. And when we pour into them, we're able to see that same love be poured out onto their peers, being poured out onto their teachers, being poured out into the activities and the things that they love because they do it so innocently. Because they're not sitting there trying to prove a point. They're just being them. They're just being in a posture of love. And I truly believe that's what God wants for us. I think God wants us to get into a position of a childlike state because a child isn't thinking about, okay, if I do this, are they going to be like that? No, a child is just offering love to a person that they see who's sad. Um, my son will come and tell me he's in kindergarten and he's like, yeah, so-and-so was um, sad today. So I gave them a hug or so-and-so wasn't feeling well today. So I let him use my toy. And it's understanding that these children, although that they are children, they understand love. Now, maybe they can't describe it in coherent sentences for us to really get, to really gather their definition of love. But their self-expression of love is so amazing to me. And it's one of those things that I feel like as adults, because we've gotten so lost and so caught up in what the world wants us to do and how the world wants us to operate and the way that the world romanticizes different versions of love, those, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, it causes us to lose sight. It causes us to lose an understanding of what God wants us to really see love to be in its true authentic form. And when we look at children, I truly believe that they give us the authentic form of how love is supposed to look, where it's not hindered by the life that they've lived. It's not hindered. I truly believe that when children show us love, that they are showing it to us in the most authentic form, that they are showing it in the way that I feel like God wants us to love, that they're doing it as in a state of being 
love. They're not doing it from a state of, or my intentions are this, or my intentions are that, but they're simply just being love. Their body embraces the concept of love. Their minds, their emotions, everything about them understands the concept relating to love. And I feel like if we can get back to that childlike disposition, then we'll be able to truly offer love to ourselves and to others, not hindered by the things and the ways that life tried to show us. And again, that's my perspective, y'all. That's my perspective on it. Um, and if you have a different one, feel free to let me know because I want to hear your thoughts on that part. I want to know what it is that you believe that's the case. In my notes, I have wrote down, you know, before I can show up for my children, I have to do the work for me first. And by doing that, it's going to allow me to understand the concept that Although there's curveballs in life, I have the ability to acknowledge them and to persevere because I am going to use all of my experiences as the fuel for me to reach new heights. And I think that's something that we shall all be striving to do. I think we should be looking at all the experiences that we have encountered, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. Because if God says in his word, in Romans 8, 28, in the King James Version, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. If we know that his word literally tells us that God is going to use everything, it literally says he's going to use all things. He doesn't say that he's going to use the good things. He doesn't say he's going to use the bad things. He doesn't say he's going to use a little bit of some of the things or anything like that. He literally says in the word, we know that all things work together. That means that every life experience that you have had thus far and whatever you're going to encounter is going to be used together. That means that God is going to allow you to be in a position to be able to use what you've gone through to help somebody else out, to manifest the life that you want to live, to put things into purpose, just like my mission statement is simply. Living Simply Just is what? It's a platform featured globally, set to do what? To encourage you to move past your pain so you can become unstuck and I help you to uncover the tools that you once thought were lost so you can start living your what? Your best life. My platform is for this reason here with Romans 8.28, because I do believe that God uses everything that we've encountered, that we've gone through to be able to get up and say, okay, I'm going to persevere. And I love that word persevere so much. I wanted to give you all the definition. Perseverance or persevere is to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty. That means that regardless of what you are encountering at job, at home, your significant other, whatever the case is, you are going to continue your course of action regardless of the difficulties that are presented to you. Why? Because at the end of the day, your circumstance of whatever you're going through is truly a temporary situation. It's temporary. 
it's not going to be permanent. It's not meant to be permanent. It was never created to be permanent. It's temporary. And when we learn to put ourselves first, we understand the power and persevering through what life is putting in our way because we know that at the end of the day, God is going to use it all. He's going to use it all. And when he uses it, it's going to manifest into something amazing because remember, he's not just using the bad. He's using all of it. He's using the bad, the good, the ugly, and the indifferent. That means that he has the right parts of each section to be able to create something magnificent. But my question is simple. Will you surrender it all to him so he can then use you in the way that he wants to so you can then see the desired result of what you're looking for? And that's a real question. And if you're anything like me, I would take some time, honestly speaking, to write it down because I really want you to understand why I'm honing in on the conversation of put you first. Shameless plug, y'all. Shameless plug. I just finished my memoir and it's currently set for pre-orders right now and it's entitled Pain tried to bury me alive, but God revived me. And this is truly a memoir that walks you through my journey of self-love and so much more. But it truly was a place and a position where I was in where I had to start to uncover who I was past the pain that I was buried in. And God had to remind me that he's given me tools throughout my life. For me to be able to help me come from the situations that I was in, but I had to be revived first and I had to learn how to love me first before I could even begin the outer work. I had to do the inner work. And my memoir walks you through the steps so you too can get your healing done. So you too can start your own journey as well of moving past your pain. And if you're interested, the pre-orders are available, I'll go ahead and drop the link in the description box so you can go ahead and get your copy ordered. I'm signing them. I'm also giving them with a free bonus gift as well. Super pumped and excited for that. But I wanted to explain that part to you because it took me learning how to put me first so I can be in a position to not only tell you my story, but to also offer you the tools and the tips that you need to get through your own journey. My memoir isn't just about me. It's about helping you. It's giving you the lessons that I learned. It's giving you the reflections that helped me out in the process. It's literally cutting the corners so you don't have to go through certain things because I'm already giving to you what you need to do to bypass some of the stuff that I went through. When we go through life experiences, we have to remember that it's not always going to be about us. Yes, put me first means doing the work for you. But you're doing the work for yourself because there's someone else that's attached to you. Earlier this week, I had a gentleman ask a question in a discussion that I was a part of. And he said, would you ever, he said, if you can go back in time, would you go back in time and would you change anything that you've gone through? And my response was no. Now, he responded back and said, um, I've asked other people the same question and they said no as well. And to him, it was baffling. He said, for those who said no, his opinion was that they must be stuck up to think that they wouldn't change anything. 
And at first I laughed, not to him, but to myself, because I could understand the way, like it was the way that he said it. So I could understand why he probably thought that way. And then the more I started to think about that, I had to understand, well, is there a reason as to why he felt differently, right? Was there a reason as to why he thought that we should want to change our past? And he was explaining that there was something that he had went through with his family that was really hard regarding one of his siblings. And it made sense as to why he felt that way, because there was some hurt there that had taken in his life that he wished he could have rectified, that he wished could have gone a little differently. So my response to him was simple. I love my children. Although I'm not with their dad, I love my children. So if I changed anything in my past, that would change the course of me having the three mini versions of myself. And I love them too much to want to redo certain experiences because to me, my children are more vital. So when he when he heard me say that, he could understand a little bit like, okay, I never thought about it in that way because he doesn't have children. And it made me think of, you know, this is why it's so important to one, love yourself, but also two, to meet people where they are. See, if I wanted to be in my feelings, I could have been like, I'm not stuck up and da 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 but that's not what I was trying to gauge from this conversation. I needed to understand why he felt the way that he felt and to understand his perspective. And when he, when we explored the conversation more in depth, we realized that, okay, there was reasons as to why I felt the way I did and why he felt the way that he did. In doing so, I had to ask, the person who caused the harm in the family, have you seen growth in that person since that situation took place? And his answer was yes. My next question was, because you saw growth in that person, now, could they have had that same growth without that experience? And his response was, you know what? I think he needed that to grow. And because his, because this person was able to now dissect the question that he had and analyze his frame of mind and his frame of thought, he was able to come to the conclusion to understanding why I said what I said about not wanting to change my life experiences. Because he understood that there was a purpose to the pain and things that we go through in life. There was a purpose that is needed. It doesn't mean that the way that it happened had to be that way, but it does mean that we sometimes grow through, we some, excuse me, I'm saying the word grow because that's the, that's the next word that's coming up, y'all. But sometimes we have to go through things so we can then grow through things. And that's the part that this gentleman had to understand in the conversation. And once he did, it opened up his lenses to understanding where I was. See, I knew where I was in my journey and I could understand where he was, but he expanded his capacity by opening up his perspective to see where I was as well. When you do the work for you, you have the power to then empower somebody else to do the work for them. Does that mean that it's going to happen as quickly as it did during this conversation with this gentleman earlier this week? No, it doesn't mean that at all. 
but it does mean that a seed is now being planted within them and that I'm not going to give them everything because had I said all those questions at one time, he would have been overwhelmed. He would have been answering some of them and not all of them. But because I gave him the questions piece by piece and reflected back to what he said to then proceed to the next question, he was able to look at the situation in parts that allowed him to dissect what I was giving him in parts and not as a whole meal. Sometimes we want to feed everybody everything that we have, but they're not ready to eat all of that. You think about dinner, right? If you eat all that huge meal from beginning to end, straight forward, oh, we, you'll have a tummy ache. Your belly will be too big. It's just like, oh my goodness, I can't eat another bite. That's why we give people information in parts. That's why for me, um, I get, I always, um, not always, over this weekend, I started saying it's a dose of Jess. Why? Because I have to realize that when I talk to people, you're getting a dose of me. You're not getting the full Jess. You're not getting half a Jess. You're just getting a dose, just enough to fill you up for right now. So this way on our next encounter, you'll get another dose and another dose because I know that what I carry is big and I can't just splurge it all in one place. I have to give you doses of it. That's how y'all want to be able to go forward in life as well. Give a dose of yourself to other people. Don't pour everything out on top of them because they often don't have the ability or the capacity to handle everything. So that being said, I am grateful for the conversation that we've had for today, y'all. Again, my memoir, Pain Try to Bury Me Alive, But God Revive Me, is available for pre-order. It will be a signed copy as well as a free gift that I am giving out to everyone who pre-orders because I love gifts and yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Um, one question I really do want to ask to those who have not put them first is simple. Will you take the time today to surrender it all to God, giving him every area of your life so that he too can say, I'm going to heal you and make you whole within me. So he too can restore you to whom you were created initially to be. In my book, one of my favorite lines that I wrote is, God created us, but it was the life experiences that we encountered that formed us. When we give it back to God and we surrender it all, we allow God to truly take the time to reform us, to refine us, in the position of which we were initially created to be in. So that's my question for you today. Will you surrender it all to God so you too can start putting you first in the way that you need to? Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Living Simply with Jessica Harris. I ask each and every one of you to go ahead and share, share, share. If you're not already subscribed to the broadcast, go forth and go ahead and subscribe. So many nuggets are being dropped. This episode was truly an amazing one. And I look forward to meeting you at the next one. Peace and blessings to all. And this was your Dose of Jess.